Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! Turn it up. It's your life. The mixtape. I'm Greg Howard Jr., podcaster, TikToker, public nuisance. Each week, I invite a special guest to talk about their life through the songs that had an impact on them. A bit of a warning, uh, there may be some cussing, so if that's not your thing, feel free to skip that part. Um, Also, we may get into some heavy subjects, so if that's not your thing either, you can skip those parts too. But uh, don't skip too much because we talk about some really great songs in this episode. Welcome to another episode of Your Life, the Mixtape. This week, I am super, super fortunate to be joined by someone who is, if if I liked and wanted children, the kind of dad that I would want to be. Um, he is also a brilliant political mind, um, somebody that I admire and look up to greatly. Please welcome to the show, the one and only, D.A. Osario. Hello, sir. That is probably the best introduction I've ever gotten. So it's funny. I told I told Terry this when I did one of his podcasts last year leading up to the NFL draft. I said, listen, man, if I could just bottle the introductions that people do for me when I do these, I think I would like have the biggest ego ever. But I am super grateful to be on with you. Um, I'm super grateful to be doing this podcast with you because you have your hands in so many. But I'm incredibly <laughs> grateful to do this one because I'm like, man, talking with Greg for music. I can do that. I, I we, 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 we can do that for sure. Yeah, this is this is this is don't tell my other shows, but this is my favorite, my favorite show. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to kick it with you. Uh, so obviously fan of music. Yes. Yep. Yep. Convenient for this show. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, so, otherwise, I'd say I'm on the wrong one. Right. Like, otherwise, we'd right. Have to figure it out, right. So what's what's your favorite song right now? Whew. So let me tell you. So you alluded to the fact that I have a daughter. Right. And so, so my daughter is three going on 30. Uh, you know, it should be four in August. The song that continues to get play in my house is we don't talk about Bruno, man, from Encanto. It is the one song that consistently gets played. And so now my Spotify is all jacked up. Right. Like it's all jacked up because there's a lot of, you know, PJ masks and things like that. Right. But I will tell you, like, I I have been like 
particularly now that I'm back in the office and I'm doing more, you know, more driving. Um, you know, I'm going back to a lot of songs like that I used to bump, you know, before the pandemic, hit, right? So a lot of Jay-Z, a lot of J. Cole, a lot of Beyonce, right? Sometimes you get a little bachata in there because I got to honor my Dominican roots, right? Yeah. Um, but there, but it's been a lot of, I'm looking for comfort music, right? Like similar how we look for comfort food as we come out of traumatic things. I'm looking for comfort music. So I'm going back to things that make me feel better. But definitely a lot of, a lot of Encanto soundtrack and Moana stuff <laughs> in, my, in my playlist right now. Um, you know, but I think I find myself like just gravitating to like, I have found that as I've gotten older, right. And I'll be, I'll be 40 in three years. Right. But I found that if there's a dope beat and a harmony to it, I'm good. Right. I, I can pretty much sing along to anything. Right. Um, so as long as it's that, but yeah, a lot, a lot of Jay-Z, a lot of J Cole, uh, so much Beyonce, a lot of Adele too, right? Like Adele's real. And granted, I was worried, man. I'll tell you the truth. I was worried that Adele, now that she's in a loving relationship, wasn't going to give us some really good music, but she gave us some good music. Oh so. no, this was, this was the divorce album. Yes. And, and, and she gave it to us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're spot on. I was worried. I was like, man, she's now in a healthy relationship. What kind of music are we going right. to get? But she gave us the cathartic, you know, eat, pray, love album, which I appreciate. Yes. <laughs> So, so taking it back, yeah. Uh, what what is the first song that you remember hearing? Who? All right. So, uh, so it was a Celia Cruz song. My mom, you know, I would smell the fabuloso in the in the in the living room, right? Uh, you know, and 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 just hear the staccato drums, right, and the beat kick in. So that's the first song I remember hearing. But the first song that I remember hearing and understanding what it was, ironically enough, was. Um, I'll be missing you in 1996, right? For when, when after Biggie died, when Puffy sampled yeah. the police, right? And and then you know he brought out Sting during the VMAs, and it was just a you know just a moment, right? But that was the so my mom didn't allow rap albums to be brought in the house, right? Like she, she didn't want any of that cursing devil music as she called it, right? They had to be you know it had to be Spanish music or it had to be like real like gospel Kirk Franklin, you know, stomp your feet music, all that. And so, but she loved the harmony and she thought it was a nice message, right? Like, oh, you know, I'll be missing you, right? So that's the first song I remember, like absolutely understanding like, wow, like this is beautiful, right? Like it wasn't just about the beat, it was about, you know, loss. And then, you know, the Fugees dropped the score and we got, you know, Killing Me Softly and and that played at every team party I went to, right? <laughs> <laughs> so those are the ones that stick out to me, man, as a, as a kid, because like I, I grew up in the Bronx, right? So I grew up in the Bronx and I needed music that I remember like hearing from, from dudes that would be literally on the same stoop when I left for school and on the same stoop when I came back, right? And they'd have the boom box out there and they'd be playing like this real like hardcore rap. And I remember like telling my mom when my, the moments that I would meet my mom in front of the building, she'd be like, we don't listen to that devil music. <laughs> <laughs> But eventually she got over it when I brought, you know, the first DMX album moment. She was just like, oh, my God, this is just terrible music. I was like, yeah, OK. It's it's funny uh, that you bring it up. I'll be missing you. I, I had I recorded uh, with with Brandon the other day mm -hmm. and um, we that song came up. And then also uh, One Sweet Day by yes. Mariah Boys to Men. And we were talking about how um, that at every funeral that year, those two songs were played at at some point. Yes. It's true. It's true. And so, and you mentioned One Sweet Day. So One Sweet Day was interesting because like, 
you know, and you remember the video, right? Super black and white, yeah. right? Mariah and, and boys to men. And, you know, like for me, like I, I, I've loved Mariah since I was, since I was a kid, man. Like Hero was my graduation song in elementary oh, school. Nice. Right, right. Wind Beneath My Wings was like another one for junior high school. But Fantasy with ODB, the remakes, like, and I remember hearing Puffy in the background, right? Like, you know, doing his ad libs and stuff. But I remember Mariah got so much flack, man, back in the day for just, like oh she can't sing like that or whatever then she did the unplugged album which showed that yeah you know what mariah can blow yeah, for actually real. right 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 actually like, those are her vocals exactly this is not pretend right um so you mentioned one sweet day and i remember thinking i was like man like one sweet day is probably one of just from a pure vocal talent just one of the most amazing songs i've ever heard and she just sat there and was like oh i'm gonna sing with these four legends it's fine i got it no problem <laughs> Yeah, it it ranks up there uh, for me with uh, when Whitney and Mariah did the song from the Prince yeah. of Egypt. Yeah, like yeah, like that song starts and like even talking about it right now, I've got goosebumps yeah. because like I know that it's gonna go there. Yes, and you know that from the moment it drops, we're gonna go there. You know who else? You know who does that? Who did that for me in in our household? My mom's a big Dolly Parton fan, man. My mom is a huge Dolly Parton fan. And so my mom used to, you know, my mom told me the story of like, you know, like, hey, you know, Dolly sold this song to Whitney. And I was like, yeah. mom, what? <laughs> like, because again, I'm thinking, I'm like, my mom's just BSing me, right? But as obviously as we've gotten older, we've realized that some of the stories our parents tell us are true. But Dolly Parton was another one that my mom, again, because of the power of the voice, right? She was just like, I can play this and it doesn't matter if I'm cussing out your grandma or it doesn't matter if I'm mad at, you know, your, your aunts and uncles, like we're going to play this and this is, this is going to get me in the mood. So yeah, Dolly Parton's another one that got, that got a lot of play in the Osario household. <laughs> so what's, what's the song that, that always makes you cry? Like anytime you hear it, yeah. there's the tears are coming. Ooh, I'm a mess by Anthony Hamilton. Oh like yeah. yeah. Like that is a song that, so I used to think, Greg, that my life was like a Dawson's Creek montage. Like when I'd be <laughs> on the school bus, that life was moving really slow. And, you know, God was watching me, the Truman Show, the universe, whatever it is. And, but I would always, like, I would have like, you know, at that point I had a Walkman back then, right? So like I, whenever a slow song would come on, I would think like, man, this is like my life, the soundtrack, right? No pun intended, right? And, but Anthony Hamilton, I'm a mess. Like still to this day is one of the most gutting songs because it's, I, I can't even can't sleep haven't bathed in a week i'm like okay yeah this is bad this is hard this is a bad heartbreak this is not an easy one um you know so that's a song that still to this day man hits me right here um you know and like it'll come on like say spotify put it on random and it comes on and i literally slump in my chair my daughter comes over to me she's like daddy you okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about you what's a song that gets you man that like just absolutely jacks you up um i mean it depends yeah. like uh you know, sometimes those, uh, the Sarah McLaughlin uh, yes. PCA commercials, yes. you know, if, if they catch me at the right time, it'll yeah. fuck me up. Um, I was, uh, Yolanda Adams, It's Not My Battle came on when I was That's at work the one. other day. Okay. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to go sit in the bathroom and sit in the floor <laughs> and cry for like 30 minutes. I just... That's a good one. That's a, the Sarah McLaughlin. It's interesting. So I, I'll tell you a funny story about that. So my, I, we had taken my brother to Vegas as a, as like a surprise for his 30th birthday. Right. And so we had like double occupancy rooms, right. It was like 10 of us or whatever. And, uh, 
I tend to sleep with music, or at least I used to. Now I sleep with the sounds of the ocean because that's what my daughter sleeps with, right? And uh, I put a playlist on to just take a nap before we went back out to keep drinking. And so my cousin was sharing a room with me and he, he, he like at the end, as we're getting ready, he's like, you know, D, I loved in the arms of an angel to get ready to get drunk. He's like, that felt good <laughs> to be music to get ready to. Because it's just, again, like it, we talk about comfort. Like I grew up on One Tree Hill in Dawson's Creek, man. So whenever any of that came on, you know, we get a little Gavin DeGraw going. Like it was good. Like I was like, all right, it's only uphill from here, right? <laughs> so what is your, your guilty pleasure song? Like what's the song that's just terrible, but you love it? So here's, so you, you gave me the caveat, terrible. Cause here, so I have two, right? So I have Return of the Mac, which, uh, you know, Mark Morrison, which again, sorry, with, uh, uh, not yeah, yes, Return of the Mac with Mark Morrison, yeah. which again, like, is not a good song. It's not a good <laughs> song. It is not a good song. But I remember going to the club for the first time, right? And they coming on on the radio like it was 1995 or whatever. And it was just the best thing in the world, right? Another one, and this, and I don't think this is a bad song, but I'm a big Britney Spears fan. So Toxic by Britney is still, is still a song yes. that gets me going, man. It's still a song that gets me going. Because, like, one, like, obviously, like, all the Britney crazy stuff that's happened now, right? Like, finally, she's free and all that. But, like, at 16, I didn't know that. At 19, I didn't know that all that was happening. All I, I was like, oh, man. You know, and then she, then she did, you know, uh, Crazy with, with Melissa Joan Hart in the video. And I was like, that's another one that I'm like. Yes, I can do that. So anything, I'm telling you, I could do anything Britney that's like, I'm like, okay, it doesn't really hold up too well, but it was dope back in the day. Right. But Return of the Mac, I can listen to it all the, all, all the time. And I will say my guilty pleasure artist is probably Macklemore. And I know fo- I know folks like to give him a lot of shit, right? But Macklemore's first album has a lot of really dope music. But again, yeah. it doesn't hold up so well now, right? Because it's like, all right, well, it's been five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, you know? What about you? Who's like if you if you're like, listen, like who's the Michael Bay for you? Like the this is bad, <laughs> but I'm gonna listen to it because I'm curious to see who you who you, who you say. Um Mbop by Hansen. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Um probably uh Candy by Mandy Moore, her yeah. first single. Like yeah. just it's it's a shit song but man like when she gets to that talking track you're like all right all right all right i'll give you that one yeah 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 um and probably like the and i feel like this is on everybody's list Mm -hmm. um barbie girl by aqua that's a good one that's a good one it's a good choice that's a good choice (laughs) So for you, uh, what what is the best song to sing in the shower? Who? So listen, man. So I have won many an Oscar in the shower. Okay, <laughs> I have won many an Oscar. Uh, Alicia Keys, no one. Alicia Keys, no one. I will belt that. You know, and I used to have the biggest crush on Alicia Keys. It's funny because like my so my childhood best friend, her name is Elizabeth. She's an attorney out now in California, and so I've known I've known Ellie now for like twenty. I got like 23 years or something like that. And so it's funny because like when we first met, she had the braids like Alicia Keys. She would rock fitteds like Alicia Keys. She'd play ball, right? And so like, here it is like this, this hot, you know, piano player comes out and drops dope music. And here's my best friend looking like her. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of feelings here, right? It's a lot of real awkwardness about to be here. But Alicia Keys, no one. Again, I'll belt that out. Uh, you know, Beyonce, Love on Top. I'll belt that out, you know, in the shower. Um, and... I will say, like, 
and I, and I, and you mentioned, you mentioned Hanson, right? Umbop is a really good shower song. Man. <laughs> it's a really good shower song. Right. And like you see, I, so I have a baldy folks can't see me, but I have a baldy. Right. But I shave my head in the shower. Right. So again, Umbop is a good rhythm to shave your head. You know what I mean? It's a good, so I, I think those three, man, I will belt those out like nobody's business. Right. But I have found that like, even now, like, you know, I'll put on like a Biggie song or whatever, right? Like I'll put on Juicy, just so I can rap Biggie's verses in the shower or whatever. And that works for me too. But definitely <laughs> Love on Top or Alicia Keys, no one, hands down. <laughs> I mean, Love on Top is good in the shower because of the 97 key changes. That... Exactly, exactly. And and you justify it to yourself because again, like, you know, you have conditioner in your hand. That's your microphone, right? Yep. Now you're pointing, right? So, like, it's a whole thing that you can do. And Love on Top also doubles as the song that you can belt out in the shower and also is really good at weddings. So, like, you kind of get the bookend going for you, right? <laughs> so it works really well. Um, what, what song best summarizes what love is? Whew. I will always love you, man. I think, I think, I think that is, I think, you know, I... I think we grow up, you know, and so you, you had alluded to like the fact that like, you know, I'm a, I'm a good father and I appreciate that wholeheartedly. That means a lot to me. Right. Cause I, I grew up without my dad. Right. Uh, you know, my mom did it all on her own. And so um, seeing my mom love folks that maybe don't, didn't love her back. Right. Or seeing my mom still, still see love in people, even, you know, even if it was a shitty situation. And that was something that I'll tell you, man, I mirrored a lot of that in my twenties. Right. Not so much now, like now I have less patience for, for nonsense <laughs> and having, and having, you know, ridiculousness around me, but um, I will always love you is one of those songs where it, it sticks with you because literally it's, 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 it's a declaration that no matter what, right? Love is still going to be the best thing that we do. And that was something that I saw my mom embody as a kid, man. Like my mom, you know, my mom came to the States in the eighties. She worked in a battery factory for 27 cents an hour. Right. And I mean, like just, you know, she went from there to scrubbing floors, right. Until she was bleeding from her fingers. Right. Because of the love she had for me and my siblings, like that was big for her. She was like, no, my kids will not struggle like this. Right. And it's that constant affirmation of love because, you know, I think, I think we all, we've, we've all been guilty of this, right. Of sticking with people who are trash, right. Just people who are not worth it. Right. Um, and that's true in friendships and romantic relationships. You kind, you kind of see that you give people more rope than they should have, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's ultimately love is that love is finding the chances for people. Right. And then hopefully at some point you meet somebody that doesn't take advantage of them. Right. Like that's kind of the gist. And that song embodies that for me. What about you? What's, what's your, what's your song that you're like, yeah, this is what love is. Um, it's probably it. I, it's anything anything by Sade or Anita Baker. Okay. Like okay. just pick one. And then, yes, that's it. <laughs> that's the one. That's, <laughs> that's the one. it. I like yes. that. I like that. I, I love the fact, I love folks who are like now discovering Sade, right? Like the 20, right. 25 year olds. <laughs> because I'm like, listen, man, we've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've already been there. Yeah. Sade is a good choice. Good. That's a good one. And I mean, you know, it's, it's coming up on on 10 years between albums for, for Sade. So she's due for another exactly, one. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And what better way to, <laughs> you know, close off this pandemic as we quote unquote return to normal than get a Sade album, right? Exactly. So on the flip side of that, uh, what is the best song about a breakup? Who? 
man, the best song about a breakup. So I, I, so I need a girl from Puffy is a really good song about a breakup. That's a really good song about a breakup. We're talking about J Lo. There's somebody's breakup with J Lo. Somebody's breakup with J Lo, and that and that song holds significant value because, like, again, it came out when I was like entering college, right? And you know, and that's when we kind of realized Puff didn't write his own rhymes, right? We thought he did in the nineties, but he didn't at that point. So that's a really good song about a breakup. Um, you know. Uh, Sam Smith's got like three really good songs about, about breakups. Yes. Um, you know, goodbye, say goodbye to your lover, you know, and, and there's a lot of dirty macking in some of these like breakup songs, right? Like when you look at like, you know, Mario Winans, I don't want to know, like that's a breakup song, but he's telling her, he's like, listen, if you cheat on me, do not tell me. Like just right. tell me. that's wild to me, right? Like that's a wild assertion to make publicly. Um, you know, and so uh, Genuine's got a bunch, but if I had to narrow it down, like, Today, I would tell you it's Puffy, I Need a Girl. But tomorrow, if you ask me, I may go old school, but today I'm going to go with Puffy. What about you? Uh, being, I mean, we're actually like right at the same age. Uh, so for for me, it it's always and probably will forever be uh, You Ought to Know, Alanis Morissette. Woo! Like yes. the breakup anthem. And then, you know, several years later, as we got older and found out that that whole fucking album was about Uncle Joey Dave Coulier. Yes! <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no like, cutting what it did out. You do there's to no- her? There is no cutting it. Well, I, you know, so it's funny. So I have a niece and my nieces, I have three nieces, but my niece is, uh, my oldest niece is 18. And that, our reaction to that, finding out that, you know, Mr. Cut It Out did this to Alanis Morissette is how my niece felt when she found out that it was Jake Gyllenhaal that broke Taylor Swift's heart. <laughs> like, she was like, what the hell? She's like, she's like, no, it, she, was, she said Mysterio didn't do that. And I'm like, no, he did. <laughs> it was him because that's how she knows him as right like that's how this generate they don't know him as any of the other million roles that he's played right they know him as mysterio from spider-man like jake if you're listening to the show man give the fucking scarf back give the fucking scarf come on man come on (laughs) and take a bath stop making excuses excuses for not taking a bath uh, what is what is a song that you once loved, but you've listened to it recently and you realize that it's just it's shit. Anything Jennifer Lopez, man. Anything J Lo. Anything. I, so let so let me tell you, man. So so I I have I have this just like a, a real like love hate relationship with Jennifer Lopez. Like so as the fact that she played Selena is kind of a big deal, right? It's a big deal to Latinx folks. It's a big deal to everybody, right? It was also a big deal to 13-year-old me who had never <laughs> seen a thick Latina on, on, in a major motion picture, right? But JLo, it's so interesting. Like her music like is so terrible. It's not aged well at all, right? And so and then like now she's doing a lot of reggaeton song, which I'm like, like listen, like I love Wisin Yandel. I love, you know, Hint of the Sun. I love all these, all these artists, but like, you're, you're ruining this music for me. <laughs> like you are ruining this music for me. I tweeted out during the Super Bowl. I was like, no, during the inauguration, I was like, oh, well, thank God they gave JLo an easy song to sing. You know? <laughs> like, because it's just, I, it's anything, anything from JLo has aged so poorly. Um, you know, like I was, I, uh, I'm real for, with, with Ja came out and she dropped the N word. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute. I was like, wait, what minute? I was like, JLo, that, no, 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 no. Right. So it's things like that, like that. I'm just like, 
yeah, your your music was not very good when I was 17, but it was hard to, and you, and you know this, right? Because like, it was very hard to parse out from like, she's very hot. So I'm just going right. to jam to this, right? Um, you know, and so, and but as I've gotten older, I just have less tolerance for like, okay, you're hot, but I really do not want to pay any mind that, like no music that you're that you're putting out. So yeah, that's JLo for me. What about and, you? And I mean, we have to, if, if Yolanda Saldivar had not <laughs> murdered Selena, we would not have JLo. So now. So now, know, like, I feel like she should be put back on trial. <laughs> giving us lord of the rings jennifer lopez yes yes but. yeah i i love that i think that's true i think now i'm even more annoyed that she's not being sentenced to two life sentences <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> like ma'am we sat through anaconda exactly because of you exactly 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 no i'm i'm, I'm with you yes <laughs> all of that all of that <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm super interested in, uh, what your answer to this next question is going to yeah. be because the, what has been the most popular answer to this question, you've actually already said. Okay. So what, what is the greatest song from a film soundtrack? I will always love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I, you know, I will say a close second, Greg, and it's and it's from a film soundtrack, but it also was on this group's album. Is Evanescence My Immortal from Daredevil Ooh. from the Ben Affleck Daredevil? That's like, right. I, I forgot and, about and, that. In the rain after the funeral. Yeah. The funeral, and it holds up. You want to talk about a song that gives me chills still? Like it's that because I remember thinking I was like. I was like, who's this angry rocker? Like smashing, because remember the video they're in it, they're in this like apartment and they're playing and she's on the wall and Daredevil's fighting up on the roof. And I was like, I was like, what the hell is this? But that I'm telling you still holds up well. And a close third, you know, because is is from the Rush Hour soundtrack, Jay-Z, Ja, and and, and Emil, can I get a because yes. again that's from Rush Hour and that and that also still holds up, but that's also an original Ja Rule song that Jay-Z stole. So go figure. But yeah, yeah, those are those are three. But I, I will always love you again, number one. But Evanescence, my immortal man, still, still gets that's, me in the heart. Yeah. Feels, yeah. That's only I wanna say like the second time that Evanescence has been brought up on this show. So well that's done. That's terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh what what television show has the best theme song Ooh. so i think snowfall does a really good job of of looping in you know like 80s 90s cali rap i think they do a really good job of that um hi met your mother is still i think when we talk about shows that like create these moments that look like you know montages of our life like hi met your mother is really good about that the office was really good about that during pam and jim's relationship i thought they did that well um i just rewatched brooklyn 99 and they in the small parts that they used music to like frame jake and amy's relationship or Boyle and jake's relationship i thought was really good um but if i had to pick i think you know Atlanta has some really good music, man, on FX. Just because I think also, I think Atlanta just as a whole doesn't get the credit now from like this generation, not so much yeah. our generation, but from this generation for just all the all the ways that they've paved that down south sound, right? Like, you know, your outcast and TI and his problematic self, Jeezy and all these <laughs> folks, right? But 
a lot of what we've seen integrated. There's been so much fusion in rap and hip hop and R&B and all these things. And a lot of it is based off what Atlanta did in the, at the end of the 90s and the early 2000s. And so Atlanta doesn't get a lot of credit. Right. And so and 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 so I think the use of their of the use of that local music in 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 that show, you know, shout out to Childish Gambino. I think he does an amazing job just curating that soundtrack. I think that's the TV show that has the best music. What about you? You have a different a different show that maybe I haven't watched because I am looking for something new, some new stuff to watch. <laughs> um, no, I think you, like you, that's pretty much. Yeah. I mean, granted outside of like the, you know, when, when we were, when we were growing up, the, the WB and the UPN like mm-hmm. teen shows that were geared toward us, you know, at that time, those, those shows had, you know, that was that was the music that we all listened to mm-hmm. and then then it became the cw and so yeah i think i think you pretty much nailed that yeah 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 the cw you mentioned that a lot of uh, tell you one tree hill dawson's creek and and one thing i loved about the end of uh, the end of one tree hill was that like the last season they just had different uh variations of the gavin DeGraw theme song which i loved right so they had a rock version, yeah. a sped up version you know all these things yeah i loved it man i was like I was like, hell yeah. I was like, all right, let's do this. Cause I, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for cover for cover songs and like just flips on different songs. Right. Like I love seeing artists take a song that, you know, we know one way. Right. You know, and that's how Puffy made all his money in the nineties. Right. 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 But I love that. And that, that's what I think appealed Puffy even now. Like my mom, my mom still l- listens to Puffy because he took songs that she grew up with in the seventies and eighties and, you know, made them hot in the nineties and the two thousands. She's like, yeah, I can rock with that. I can rock to you know can nobody take my pride can nobody because <laughs> it's just this right you know so yeah uh what is the song that whenever it comes on you you just absolutely have to dance to it biggie juicy uh-huh nice yeah yeah so so i mentioned growing up in the bronx so i had teachers just like biggie described you know what i'm saying like that were just like you know you ain't gonna amount to anything or whatever right and so but there's there's something joyful about that song right that like you know, him talking about like, you know, the, all the stuff that he did for his mom, right? Like I can relate to that, but there's just something joyful about it. He talks about his love for his daughter, which I think is beautiful, right? Um, that's a song that like, it comes on today. That and Hypnotize, if they if they come on today, I'm good, right? Like I, I will I will dance to them. I mentioned Love on Top earlier. That's still, that, Beyonce with that. And if, and if, and if I get like some bills, 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 I'll dance to that too. Because that's also, if you remember, that was the last video they shot with the four Destiny Child members yeah. and then brought in, and then brought in Michelle. Right. So like, I think of that as like a, a simpler time, life was a simpler time. Um, and then, you know, I will say you, even Gwen Stefani, man, I love me some even Gwen Stefani. Like, and, and, and Eve is another one that like, I think also like just doesn't get a lot of credit because she dropped her music and then married, you know, this really dope dude. And then just, vanished <laughs> like said all right that's it no more misogyny no more of this i'm just gonna go you know marry my husband and do these side hustles or whatever you know and i thought it was dope um so even gwen stefani i'm telling you you do the holla back girl you throw that on we're good to go <laughs> eve's song uh tambourine is yeah. still an absolute banger banger yes 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 absolutely uh what is what is the song that means the most to you not necessarily because of the song itself the song could be garbage mm-hmm. uh but you know maybe because of the memories you have attached to it so i have two so i have uh i've uh um there john mayer has a song daughters which you know just 
and and I will tell you, man, like I, you know, I love my daughter to death. I, I would do anything for her, right? Um, but for a long time, I definitely was terrified of being a father. Just absolutely terrified, man. Like, you know, the you had a, you said at the beginning, you said if you if you wanted kids and liked kids, right? Um, I always liked kids, right? Like I'd been a teacher, a social worker, all that stuff, but man, it was terrifying. It was terrifying to think about being a dad because like it was like, man, this is this one, the one thing in this world that is solely your responsibility, right? Like if you go to work you know, your productivity depends on your boss and who's around you. But this kid, this little person who didn't ask to be in this world is the one thing that you are, you are responsible for. Right. And so I was terrified of it. And then I remember hearing that song one day and I was like, it was like, is that the key just to be good to my daughter? As long as I'm good to my daughter, I I can be okay. Right. So that song means a lot to me, like, just because of that, like, it makes me think of those moments where like, you know, I held my daughter for the first time and when she wasn't sleeping and I put her down. So it makes me think of that. And then <clears throat> I will say that there's uh, so Jay-Z and Biggie have a song called I Love the Dough <laughs> from Life After <laughs> Death. <laughs> from Life After Death. And there's this imagery that that song conjures up. Right. And Life After Death dropped after Biggie died. Right. So he wasn't here to see the acclaim or any of that. But there's this imagery of, you know, just black excellence. Right. Like just us being at Vegas, just being in Vegas, watching a fight front row, you know, popping bottles, drinking all that stuff. And it's a beautiful image for me because it's stuff that like, you know, my friends and I have done now, right? Like my friends and I travel together, right? We're together. And the money is secondary because now we make enough of it that it's like, we don't, the struggle that we had growing up, we don't have it anymore. And that song still to this day gets me hyped because I'm like, okay, these were two black artists who we're trying to make it right. Like we're trying, we're trying to, you know, right. And Jay wasn't Jay at that point. And big would never get to be the big that, you know, folks expected him to be. And there's something beautiful about that. There is something beautiful about folks coming together. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, you mentioned the politics thing. Like I love coming together with folks that like walk that actually walk the talk, right. Like who sit here and they're like, nah, man, I don't tolerate bigotry. And that's how they live. Right. I felt the same way listening to that music. Like I was like, man, I was like, these two brothers are just saying like, we're going to get rich and we're going to blow this money and we're going to be fine. And, you know, we're not going to, and, you know, and again, Biggie ended up dying, but it wasn't a thing where it's like, we're going to end up dead somewhere or whatever. We're going to make this, we're going to make this money. We're going to make this music and that's it. And that to this day is still like a moment for me. So it's those two songs that I just, one captures where I wanted to be as a kid. The other one captures where I am now as an adult, right? Where everything I do is for my daughter, everything. And, and, and it's, 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 it's humbling, but it's beautiful. And like I heard it the other day and I, and I was driving my daughter back from daycare and I was just like, oh, I was like, okay, it's you. It's all for you. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, so gun to your head, uh, what is the song that you could sing all the way through and not fuck up a single word? Gun to my head? Yep. Ooh, and not fuck up a single word. Not a single word. Hypnotized by Biggie. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. Gun to my head from pillar to post. First verse all the way through. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, like, there's there's a lot of Jay-Z songs that I that I know really well. But I've realized that, like, words that I thought Jay was saying back in the day, he's not really saying. <laughs> <laughs> he's not really saying. Whereas with Biggie, I'm like, all right, Big, I know what you were saying. I know what you were saying. But I, yeah, hypnotized, hypnotized, all about the Benjamins, right? Um, you know, if you wanted some R&B stuff, again, uh, you know, uh, no one, if I can't have you from Alicia Keys, I can do that one straight through. Right. Um, you know, 
Britney Spears, Lucky is one that it, it's always been stuck in, in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting because like my brother and I used to go to sleep with Z100 on the radio, right? Yeah. Whenever there was like a big day the next day, like, like school was starting the next day or whatever. And they would count down the top 100 hits, right? So like Jamiroquai, Britney Spears, right? Third Eye Blind, right? Is it like, so all the, and and I remember like, so I think those songs have just kind of embedded in my brain. I think, I think that's what it is. But Britney Spears <laughs> Lucky is one that surprisingly, I played it the other day and I was like, oh, I know these words. I, I can know this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the song that reminds you of home? Empire State of Mind. Nice. Yeah, yeah. so being originally from New York, um, you know, and, and I will tell you, Greg, I don't miss it at all. Like my mom constantly <laughs> is like, Oh, are you coming back? But I think she just wants to be near the baby. I think that's really what it is. Um, but New York is, you know, just this ever changing place. And I, where I was when we first moved back to New York. So I, so I was born in New York, grew up in DR for four years and then came back to New York for a year, moved to Providence. My mom uh, was in an, an abusive relationship. So we left, you know, we left in the middle of the night, ran, ended up in Boston, Providence, like all that stuff. And then finally came back to New York. So we come back to New York and where I was at seven, like I remember being terrified of living in the Bronx, man. Like people were getting, you know, it's the hood, right? People were getting shot, killed, all that stuff. And then, then I went to high school in the village, right? And so I went to high school in the village. Um, had my first gay friend, right? First queer friend. That was that was dope. I remember coming back and telling my mom, and my mom's like, "Those are the most loyal people you'll ever have in your life." <laughs> she's, she's she's like, "Those are people that will have your back no matter what." And I thought that was dope because I swear to you, I was worried, right? I was like, "Man, I was like, my mom born in the '60s, like I don't know how she views this stuff, right?" Um, and then my little sister actually just recently came out to my mom about like three years ago, and the one oh, thing, wow. my mom, yeah, and the one thing my mom said to her, she was like, "Your brother's never brought home an ugly woman. I suggest you do the same." Do Right. And I loved it. Right. Because like, and you know, because my mom to my mom, she's like, you're still my daughter it doesn't change anything. Right. But again, my mom grew up in a different time. So I was like, I don't know how you're going to take this. Right. And so I remember like when I first got my ear pierced was in the village. Right. The first time I went to a club was on 42nd Street. The first time I went to a bar was on 34th Street. New York had New York molded me into who I am. It's where I cut my teeth organizing. The first protest I went to, I was 17 years old. We were protesting uh, budget cuts because they were trying to cut teacher wages and our teachers were talking about leaving to go to Connecticut to make more money. I saw a police officer ram a barricade into my classmates abdomen in this protest, right? And that was the day that I was like, listen, man, whatever we have to do to make sure that that fucked up shit doesn't happen again, we have to do that, right? And, and so that was at 17. I'm 37 now, right? So 20 years ago. But Empire State of Mind reminds me of all of that. It gives me the imagery of like my when I graduated from my master's and we partied at the top of a penthouse, right? It's it's you know where I fell in love, where I've got my heart broken, where I got beat up, where I beat up somebody, right? <laughs> like, like all these <laughs> things. Um, but it was also like when I finished my master's, I got a job offer that, to come down here to DC to work with like unaccompanied refugee minors, right? And leaving it was the best decision I ever made. And so Empire State of Mind brings me back to it, but it's that love from a distance, right? Like I can't love New York while I'm there. I, I needed to love it from 220 miles away. Otherwise it was just, it wasn't going to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the sexiest song? Ooh, I'll give you, I'll give you two. Okay. Beyonce Partition, sexy mm -hmm. ass fucking song. That, that is, is correct. A, that is a sexy ass fucking song. <laughs> and Destiny's Child Cater to You. That is a sexy ass song. And I'll give you a third, actually, because I do have a third. Okay. Usher, 
uh, Trading Places. That yes. is a sexy ass song. Like, so those are three songs that like, I'm telling you, man, like if, you know, if you, if you, if you're thinking to yourself, all right, actually, you know what, Greg, you had a tweet when I first started following you. Okay. Oh, and this shit. is how I knew I said, I, said, Greg <laughs> is one, I said, Greg is one of mine. I said, he's one of my people. You had a tweet about how you, you were out somewhere and, and uh, some girl was with like her, her man or something. And she was looking at you because her man was looking at you and you made a comment about, uh, you better stop oh. before I take your, your, your boyfriend. I'll take Berlin. your man to yeah. Burlington throat factory. Exactly. And I said, <laughs> Greg, you are one of my people. You are one of my people. But those three songs represent that kind of energy. Those three songs yes. represent like, yo, listen, I'm going to tear it up if you keep this up, right? Like just for the just for the sake of it, just so you can stop trying to play with me and understand like what this is about. And so those three songs, man, I'm telling you, and those are songs that like, I'm a big like memory person, right? So like songs, like certain memories trigger certain songs, right? But those are three songs that like independent of those memories are just, um, just absolute sexy ass songs that I can still rock to to this day, you know, and, 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 you know, my advice to the men folk, because I've seen this talked about too, like, oh, no, you know, like we see this on Twitter, like no man should be enjoying fruity drinks or no man should be singing Beyonce. Listen, man, I will sing the shit out of partition. I don't fuck. Right. <laughs> and I think um, speaking of yeah, uh, partition, because this song is uh, on that same album, um, another, in my opinion, one of Beyonce's sexiest songs is Blow that a lot of yeah. people don't don't give the love that I feel like it deserves. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I th well, I think I think also like because I, I was having this conversation with somebody earlier, like Beyonce, in your opinion, does Beyonce rank does Beyonce crack the pantheon of great vocalists for you? I yeah, um, okay. because there are there are things that Beyonce can do with her voice. Mm -hmm. That you know, none of none of the children now can can even like yeah. touch. Yeah. Like I mean, there's there's not in and this is this is no shade to Taylor Swift by mm -hmm. any means. Mm -hmm. You know, because Taylor does her thing; she's good at it. Yeah. But Taylor Swift can't bust out no. with like an opera interlude in the middle of one of her songs. Agreed. It's just not something she can do. And that's fine. Right. 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 Yeah. I think, I think, I think the closest. So I think, so I'm glad you said that because I do think, I think Beyonce reaches that, right. Like the Mariah, Whitney, Mary, right. Like, like yeah. in terms of like, like the vocalists of our time that are like, all right, if we had to create a Mount Rushmore, it'd be them. I think the closest thing that we got to Mariah is is Ariana Grande. I think I think that yeah. little girl, that little girl can sing, man. And I feel weird calling her a little girl because she's in her twenties now. <laughs> but, right, but 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 she looks like she looks like uh, you know she looks like she's fourteen, but she can sing and 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 she's got range that I think is just absolutely amazing. Considering that I think it, to your point, it has been a long time since we've seen a vocalist that can reach that. Like I mean, Beyonce dropped her first solo album 20 years ago, man. Right. Like, so, you know, so it's, it's definitely, it's not, it has not been a good time for the vocalist. That's why I asked where you, if you put Beyonce yeah. in your top rankings. Yeah. I feel like, you know, um, not that Mariah is going anywhere, but you know, the, the obvious next in line to that 
kind of vocal throne that Mariah sits on is Ariana, just yes. like, you know, Beyonce was, a lot of people like Beyonce for for me mm-hmm. is like the next Tina Turner. Yeah. Because she's doing things that nobody else was yeah. doing. Yeah. Just like Tina did in, you know, when she reached her peak in like the 80s and 90s when yeah. she was everywhere. So yeah. and she mixes the vocal with the performance, which again, yeah. like folks don't normally see that. Like Beyonce doesn't miss a beat when she's up there, you know, doing nine step changes or whatever and still belting out these tunes. No, you're spot on. I was watching the I mentioned fantasy earlier. So I was watching the video and, you know, Mariah's on the, you know, on the roller coaster and she's skating or whatever. Mariah wasn't really a, a dancer per se like that. Like that wasn't really her game. Her game was very much like, listen, I'm going to sit, I'm going to belt these hits. That's, that's what you're going to do. You're going to yeah. these hits. Um, but I, I, and that's, I think one of the things I love about Beyonce and, you know, we, we talked about politics a little bit, but like this, just this unfeathered black woman who's like, I'm going to rock my big fro and I'm going to sing and I'm going to dance. Right. Because that's an act of defiance. Right. It's an act of revolution. And I love that. I love that about her. Um, I, you know, I, my mom, my mom even said the same about Tina Turner. She's like, Tina Turner was out here, you know, with, with her hair riding horses. Like she didn't care. Like she was like, this is who I am. This is who I am. And that's, and that's a powerful thing. And it's a powerful thing for young girls to see, to be able to be like, you know what? I can do that too. Yeah. And like, um, Tina Turner was the face of a pantyhose brand for like 30 years. And I believe she was like the first black woman to be the face of this particular brand of pantyhose. And like, that was a huge deal because she was in these commercials and, you know, for the kids at home who don't know, Tina Turner had legs. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, what is what is the song that you, you you most relate to? Like when you hear it, you go, that's me. Hmm. J. Cole. Uh, uh, my neighbors think I'm selling dope. <laughs> That's an excellent song. That's an excellent song. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's something that like I've, you know, as I've stepped further into like the local political arena here in the county, like I'll go to things and folks will say to me like, you know, oh, man, you know, you're so articulate. Right. Which is. Yeah, and I know what you're saying by saying that, right? Um, so we get that, we get, you know, so, so we get the, the backhanded compliments, right? Um, which is always, you know, and I'm usually in a suit or whatever, right? So like, I think that throws them a little bit. Um, and that's a song that I think, you know, and so funny story about J. Cole. So I used to rap, right? Um, and so I, I, I was in a battle tournament in a, 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 that was going on through the city universities of New York, right? So all the CUNY schools, right? And uh, the winner of the Queens College one would have to face the winner of the St. John's one, right? Because the schools are pretty close in proximity, about 30 minutes or so. The person who won the St. John's one was J. Cole. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And so I made it to the finals and it was tied between me and the, the dude. And then we had to go again or whatever. He beat me. But if I would have won, I would have gotten a chance to battle J. Cole. And that and that's always a story that like resonates because I'm like, life is about those opportunities. Right. That it's like, man, like, that would have been dope. Like, who knows if we would have become friends or whatever. Right. Um, J. Cole thoroughly smashed the other dude because he was not good. I don't know how he beat me. <laughs> but <laughs> those are stories that happened. J. Cole, my neighbors to come selling dope because I get I get those looks all the time. And when they find out in Granton, Montgomery County 
is an interesting place in that like there's pockets of wealth. I'm talking about like big time wealth, like the founder of Under Armour lives here, like all these things. And then there's pockets of, you know, working class folks, right? Just pockets of working class folks on the outside of it. I live in a working class neighborhood because up until a few, you know, up until a couple of years ago, like that's where I was, right? Like I, you know, I wasn't making bank like that per se. Um, and they definitely look at me weird when they, when I tell them where I live, right? Like they're like, you live there, right? But when I lived in a really nice area, they looked at me like, so how you afforded that? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> not selling dope. <laughs> not selling right. dope. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the song for me. That's the one that I'm like, yeah, that, that's what I'm going through at this moment. I like that. Um, now this will be, this will be an interesting uh, yep. answer because uh, there is, there's actually like just a year between our ages. Um mm -hmm. What what is the song that defined your generation? <laughs> the 1985 babies, the 85 babies. So I, you know, if I had, I, I would say, I mean, Killing Me Softly is one of them that I just I think Lauren Hill before she stopped showing up for shows. <laughs> before she stopped paying her taxes exactly exactly you know her her and ja rule really believe in tax evasion um but i think i think i think killing me softly is the song that like that um you know you do have some biggie in there right you do have a lot of mariah you mentioned boys to men right like you know a lot of boys to men there but if i had to pick one song i think it's i think it's killing me softly um i think that's a song that a lot of us went to our first parties that they played at right the you know I, I actually even that like i remember from so in 96 i went to my first school dance and that was they played they played killing me softly when i took my brother to our first house party i was 18 he was 17 they had hired a dj to pull it to spin at this house party and they played killing me softly so it's a dope nice. bookend for us because it's like from 96 to 03 that was still getting played right like it was still it was not one of those songs that it was like oh this is only for y'all and then that's it so i think yeah. that's the song for the 85 kids, but I'm, but you're the same age as my brother. So I'm going to ask my brother and I'm going to say, what song do you think it is? And I'll let you know what he says, but I, I think killing me softly. What song do you think it is? Cause then I can tell you if he, if my brother agrees. I mean, it's, it's, it's somewhere, it's, it's somewhere between like, uh, smells like teen spirit. And you know, probably uh, more money, more problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, that that's another song I can rap from Pillow the Post. <laughs> that's no, that's that's actually that's mine. That's yours. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. From Pillow to Post, and and that's again also that's a song that feels good too, man. Because like Biggie wasn't there to see Puffy blow up like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, in your opinion, what song is objectively the greatest ever written? The greatest song ever written. Yep. Holy shit. Okay. The greatest song ever written. Michael Jackson Thriller. Michael Jackson Thriller. Yeah. If, if like, say like the world was ending tomorrow and I had to be stranded on an island with one song, it's that. Um, I think, I think that like, if, if, if like the aliens descended and we're like, what's the one song? I think it's that. I think, I think Michael Jackson is 
is one of the greatest singular music talents I think we've ever seen. Um, it's why you constantly hear folks compared to him, right? Um, you know, and I think that when our generation reaches like 60, 70, right? I think the legacy of Michael Jackson is going to be viewed a little bit differently. Um, I think there may be more appreciation for the music. I think right now, because of all the other shit he did, yeah. I think it is substantially harder to appreciate the music. But I think with him, and this, I don't think this will happen with R. Kelly because R. Kelly's going to rot in a jail cell. But I think with Mike, <laughs> I think there's more nuance with Mike than there was because, like, you know, Mike was abused by his dad and, like, all these things. There's more nuance with that. There's no nuance with some of these other dudes, right? But with him, I think when our generation ages up a little bit, we're going to appreciate his music a lot more. But Thriller's pro- Thr- Thriller, to me, objectively, is the greatest song ever written. Good answer. That's a solid answer. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is... What is the song that you've listened to the most? Ever? Ever. Well, my spot of the Spotify yearly wrap up will tell you it was something Coco Melon. It'll probably tell, <laughs> it'll tell you something like that. But for me, uh, so I will say the song that I've listened to by far the most is um it's a tie. So it's, it's a Mark Anthony song because that's something that we've grown up on. Right. And so that's probably like, so Mark Anthony has a, and I'm drawing a blank on the name, but um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but it's, it's a Mark Anthony song. And then the other one I would have to say is probably, it's all about the Benjamins, man. Yeah. 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 And that's, but again, like I mentioned earlier, like there's songs that bookend my childhood and songs that bookend me now in the place that I'm at. The Benjamins bookended like a lot of my life from like 11, 12. to like, even now, man, like it comes out, like we went to a a nineties party, which again, makes me feel real old. (laughs) (laughs) But we went to a nineties party and the DJ dropped the Benjamins and everybody just went crazy. Everybody just went crazy because I think a lot of us, again, like we remember that it's the same thing. Like when my mom hears like LL Cool J, mama said, knock you out. Like my mom's like, Oh, I remember that song. <laughs> like, like she remembers that, right? When she hears Eye of the Tiger because she associates it with Rocky Four. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, so things like that. But if I had to get, yeah, it's a Mark Anthony song and definitely it's all about the Benjamins. So we don't we don't like to be we don't like to be negative here on this yeah. show. Uh, yeah. but but we're gonna do this real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. what is the worst song that you've ever heard? Who the worst song ever? So who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? And, okay. and, and so I recently watched The Hangover and they, they played it in The Hangover. And I was like, my God, this is so terrible. This is so terrible. <laughs> all that's missing from that song, Greg, just so you know, from my perspective, is them slapping J-Lo on it. That's all that's missing. <laughs> you know, oh, I bet nice. if we send it, I bet if we send a couple emails, we could probably make that happen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, what is what is your what is your theme song like if you could have a song play every time you entered a room what would it be uh so it's going to be definitely a jay-z song uh show me what you got (laughs) hold on on, because my dog (laughs) stop go over over there stop stop hold on let me get him out of here greg sorry okay no sweat 
Sorry about that. He came That's in the room. Right. He's like, wait, it's time for, time for <laughs> no, okay. So three, two. So if I had to pick one song, if I had to pick one song as a theme song, it would be Jay-Z, show me what you got. Um, and I I hear Jay-Z in my head a lot when I enter some of these some of these rooms. Um, but I so that I mean again, and that's a song, you know, dropped it three years after he retired, had this huge Budweiser deal, as you remember, right? And folks made a big deal out of it. But there's again, it's show improve time. Show improve time. And and I feel, you know, we're watching, you know, Kentaji Brown Jackson go through this, you know, in the Supreme Court nomination. Um, I feel, you know, and and it's interesting because like, you know, I'm sure you feel this as as a, as a queer man, like this world is set up to only accommodate cis hetero white men. That is it, right? And anything that is different than that, right? It's always show improved time. It's always us walking into a room like, you know what? Like you're already docking me 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 points, depending on your perceived bigotry. So now here it is. Like I need to get myself in the zone for these moments. Right. And that's, and that's one of the ways that I do it is by, is by, if I had to, I'd cue the horns, just cue the horns <laughs> and let me walk in. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you bring up the, the uh, confirmation hearings. I, I saw a tweet uh, by it's, it's somebody that we both follow. Um, and I, I forget his name now. Uh, he's, uh, uh, his Twitter handle is at, uh, Politidope. Um, yeah, yeah. Matt Rogers. Matt, <laughs> yes. Um, Matt said earlier today that, um, the thing that most Americans don't understand is that somebody named Kitanji already has to be the most qualified person in the room exactly to even get to where she is exactly exactly and that's something that like i you know i i feel right so like i'm one of five um and you know my name's dalvin but my brother my brother's name is chris my sister's name is tiffany my other sister's name is nicole and then my other brother's Raphael. those are very americanized names right and I've been in rooms where people just absolutely butcher my names, man. Like, you know, and so it's funny because like on Twitter, I go, you know, by D.O. Sorry, Dalvin Alexander, because my middle name is Alexander. But I very much make it a point for folks to say my name correctly when I enter rooms. Because, you know, my daughter's name is Leah Christina, right? That's a very easy name. Her mom and I decided very early on that that was going to be her name. But she has the last name Osorio. Folks are already going to look at her funny, right? Um, and so for me, it's always important. Like I've, cor I've corrected anybody from, you know, judges, right? Like when I used to do family court, right? And I would go in there and judges would get my name wrong off a court report, I'd correct them. I did the same to Tom Perez when I met him in Dallas. <laughs> and, Tom and the Tom Perez thing bothers me because it's like, brother, you're Hispanic like me, you know the deal. Like, come on, let's get this together. So I, but it's, you're, you're, Matt was spot on and you're spot on. There is this, there is this added pressure the minute we step into, into a space in our true authentic selves, right? Because she could have said her name was Karen. She could have changed her name to Karen, Karen Brown Jackson, right? Yeah. But she's like, nah, man, this is me. This is me. And I, I walk with the spirit of my ancestors, right? Like there's a lot of this, there's a lot of this self-hate that goes on with, you know, black and brown folks and particularly like Latinx communities. But I'm like, listen, man, the boats just dropped us off at different places. I'm me. You know what I'm saying? The same blood that courses through my veins courses through yours, right? And I'm here to make sure that all of us get through. And Jay-Z show me what you got, puts me in that position to be like, all right, man, like, I'm gonna have to let some stuff roll off my back. Some stuff I'm gonna address, but I'm gonna have to let some stuff roll off my back, too. I like that. Uh, what is what is the song that you always have to put on a playlist? Doesn't matter what kind of playlist it is, mm -hmm. this song goes on it. 
So, Pitbull, damn it, man. But the right. remix with Little Flip. Yeah, yeah. So, Pitbull is another, Pitbull's an artist who I love, man. I respect him a lot. I, I, I respect the business decisions that he's made to make music for folks who are just going to dance and party and get drunk and all that. I love that. I think Pitbull, when he first came out, was, he was rapping, right? Like, he was like, yo, listen, I'm going to rap. And then I think he realizes, like, man, there really isn't a market for, like, a light-skinned, bald, you know, Latinx rapper. And so he decided to make, you know, EDM music and up-tempo music. And I, I thought that was a really good business decision for him. But Pitbull, Damn It, Man, is a song that, like, again, depending on my mood, right? Like, if I'm headed to a meeting or if I'm going to play with my kid and I'm stuck in traffic, it'll fit all these different moods, right? It'll fit all these different moods. So that's a song that's on every playlist. I have I have, I have 15 playlists on my on my Spotify right now, and it is in all of them. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that song. So final question. Um, unfortunately, uh, between the the start of this recording and and this moment right now, um, you've died. Uh, and you are you are at the gates of heaven and before they will let you walk through they're going to make a mixtape of your life so tell me sir what's the first song on that mixtape victory by puffy and biggie and buster rhymes yeah oh yeah yeah so i uh so i went to this movie premiere uh in 2008 um and terrence howard was there for a q a right and he he was talking and he said um they asked him they said you know do you feel like you're in competition you know and this was after he had lost the role of war machine to don chico right for for iron man too so he had lost that role and they asked him he said do you feel like you're in competition with any of you know your other peers and he's like you know and and i'm not and i will tell you greg i'm not i'm not a i'm not a religious person i'm, a, I'm more of a spiritual person like i believe in the universe and i believe that you know, if we do good, we may get good, but sometimes it may not work that way, right? <laughs> but but one of the things he talked about was that his goal is to when he's in front of the pearly gates, right? And he's then, you know, whoever is up there is trying to decide what's going to happen, right? That the music is bumping. And Victory is a song that I'm like, you know what, whatever's decided here, I'll be going out fine because this song is going to play and the beat is going to be dope and Biggie's going to give me some kick-ass rhymes, you know, and Puff's going to give me some dope shit and Buster's going to scream this hook at me, right? <laughs> and, and it's going to be great. Um, so yeah, it'd be victory, hands down, hands down. That is that is fantastic. And thank you so much uh, for, for being here uh, today. I have enjoyed this immensely. Um, now, if there is anything that you would like to plug or if you want to drop your social media handles yeah. for the people listening all over the world, please, by all means. Yeah, absolutely. No. And listen, man, I, you know, I, I would be remiss if I did not shout you out for just everything that you're building with all of your different podcast shows. Like I, I'm blown away at both the talent that you've brought together, um, but also just the just the wherewithal to say, oh, you know what? We're going to create something different. That's there's something beautiful in that. There's something beautiful in that. And whatever I can do, you know, to support you guys, whether it's from a simple retweet or if you ever see me talking to somebody online and you're like, hey, we need that person as a guest. Or you need me to make an introduction. I'm more than happy to do it because I firmly believe that good people attract good people. And if, if enough good people win, I think we're going to be I think we'll be OK. Um, so, you know, shout out to you and the entire, you know, Joyful Network podcast team. Um, shout out to everybody because they're all doing amazing work. 
Um, folks, you guys can follow me on Twitter at DA underscore Osario. You know, spoiler alert, I post my daughter. I talk about her a lot. I also call out bigots a lot. <laughs> so if that's not your jam, you know, and I also talk about Marvel a lot and I talk about the NFL a lot. But if none of that is your jam, then do not follow me, okay? If that is, then, you know, feel free. Uh, you know, I try to, I'm also a licensed social worker. So if anybody needs like any advice on anything or whatever, my DMs are open. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I look forward to just seeing everything that you guys continue to pump out. You guys have a fan and a friend, uh, in me. So when you start selling friend of the pod shirts, like, please let me know. I'll buy like four in four different colors, <laughs> but thank you so much for having me on Greg. I appreciate it. Your Life the Mixtape is a dollop of Trollop production in association with Spring Break 83 Productions and the Joyful Warrior Podcast Network.